You're listening to Kickin' the Panties, your weekly motivational podcast for getting unstuck, recommitted, or newly engaged in a life worth living. Season 2. This one's about love. I'm Becca Kelly, mama extraordinaire and badass boss lady. And I'm Carol, dating coach with a brand new YouTube channel, Ask Carol and Ashley. Are you ready for a swift kick in the panties? Good connection, bad anything else. When we first start dating someone and we actually feel chemistry and a quick connection, it is extremely hard to let that go. Haven't you ever experienced that, Becca, when you're like on a date with someone and you're like, damn, he gets me. Of course. I feel like I've, I've known you all my life. <laughs> or I've, I've experienced that just like working in a restaurant. Right. You know, like yeah. one day you come in and there's been a new hire and you just right. click. And, you know, and not just in romantic relationships, yeah. I would say. I've had friends like that. Absolutely. You know, lifelong friends that I just like we made eye contact and was like, you, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's so true. But when you're when you're single and you're trying to date and you come across someone like that, it is very, very, very exciting because it feels like that thing people tell you will happen. It feels like. Yeah. Love at first sight. Yeah. Yeah. So when you connect with someone so quickly, it really boils down to trust. Someone in a short period of time, whether through getting to know each other emotionally or physically, you've bonded to them and you begin to trust someone who is essentially a stranger. And that feeling of trust is the connection. You feel at ease with them. You can tell them your secrets. They laugh at your jokes and you laugh at theirs. They get you. And all these feelings build your trust. And in a very short period of time, your emotions can get carried away. Yes. Wait, I have something to say about this too. So sex. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like if you're the type of person who will have, you know, who feels free sexually and you've, you know, had whatever partners or one night stands and you have this that happens, like you meet someone, maybe you go on a date or two and then all of a sudden you're in bed with them and you have the connection and you're having the sex. Like, and then you have all these intimate moments. You are telling that person everything. Yep. And to your point, you know, you don't, you don't know them. You don't know them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. but you just, you get this false sense of security because it's like, mm-hmm. you you feel like you've you've known them for longer than the week that you actually did. Right, <laughs> what do you think dated. that's about? Like, why does that happen? I really do think it boils down to the way we build trust. Like, you build trust by showing vulnerability and that person accepting it. So, like, the more vulnerable you are like in the initial you know seconds of a interaction they laugh at your joke you laugh at theirs making a joke even though you don't think of it as like I'm being vulnerable you are if they don't laugh then you feel bad and that's like you put yourself out there and you got denied right but like if you get those instant things like they understand where you're coming from immediately you don't have to explain yourself or explain like a distasteful comment you made they already know that you didn't really mean it and you don't have to like oh I don't I don't really you know hate people with big feet it was just a joke you know what I mean you don't (laughs) you know like they that feeling that they get you I think is about those incremental moments of trust building and then if you bring physical the physical nature of sex into it that's like you know the the most vulnerable you're naked Probably. Yeah, but it's just so interesting how, you know, you can meet someone like anyone can just, you know, you meet many people all the time and you feel hesitant or unsure Mm -hmm. or critical. And then just occasionally you just meet someone that has your full trust in a matter of moments. And like, you know, when talking about sex and going home with people or bringing people to your home, I mean, that is a really dangerous thing to do. And I think most of the time it works out fine for people. You You feel the connection 
it's all good, but you know, there certainly are those times where people put themselves in dangerous situations mm-hmm. because they feel a false sense of security right. and connection. And it really, it's like, it's like purely animalistic, yeah. re, you know, what, what's instincts. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You're just like, Oh, this one, this one is for me, you know? And you just like walk blindly <laughs> toward it. You can't stop yeah. yourself. It's crazy. <laughs> it's true. So yeah, so after you feel that initial connection, sometimes it's difficult to see a person for who they really are and you ignore things that would pop up to you as red flags or like signs that you need to like run as fast as you can in the opposite direction. So here's three tips that I have when you're beginning to date someone. After you feel that initial connection, sometimes it's difficult to see a person for who they really are and you can ignore a bunch of red flags and not realize when you really should be running the opposite direction as fast as you can. Right. So here are yes, three forcing yourself. Right. Yeah. So here are three tips to help you get clarity about a newer kind of relationship. So number one is how well do you really know them? When you feel a fast connection with someone, it can make you feel as if you've known them your entire life and you've only met a month ago. Even if they do something fucked up in month two, you might think to yourself, wow, he ignored my text when I told him my mom was in the hospital. That's so unlike him. But bitch, right. you don't even know him. So remind yourself, (laughs) remind yourself when you're dating someone early on that even though it feels like you know them, you don't. When you're thinking, oh, he usually texts me back or I always, I thought we always went out on Saturday or any other statement that would imply that you know them well enough to predict their behavior. Remember, you don't know what's normal behavior for them because you don't actually know them. If you've seen each other three times a week for a month, You've met this person 12 times, and if you saw each other for two hours each time, that's 24 hours. So you've known that motherfucker for a day. So break it down right. for yourself so you can really see the situation clearly. Even if it's been a few months, like you've seen each other a couple times a week, like how much time does that really boil down to? My second tip is when someone tells you who they are, believe them. I think that's like a Maya Angelou quote or something. Yeah, that's what she told Oprah famously. Right. Um, So when we make a quick connection with someone, even when someone tells you they're crazy or tells tells you about something fucked up they did in recent past or that they don't believe women should work because their mom didn't or anything else that would make you pause, believe them. We get caught up in thinking that people are joking or we just don't take them seriously. Um, And what we're doing is assuming that we know them better than they know themselves. Right. So, for example, if you love your career and or just the idea of having your own money and a guy says something like, oh, women belong in the kitchen, you take it as a joke because you don't want to believe this guy who you had a great connection with could possibly believe that. Well, it's so far off from your belief, you know, that it's right. like, yeah. So you laugh it off. You think it's like, oh, whatever. And you ignore it. But then down the line when he's like, um, when are you quitting your job? You're like, what? And you act confused. (laughs) Right. So don't dismiss those statements that are in conflict with a core value or belief that you hold. And my third tip is that remember, my third tip is to remember that even though it's difficult to find someone you connect with right away, it's not that difficult. It's hard, but it isn't so hard that you should accept a bunch of bullshit from someone because you think you'll never feel that connection again. Because it's harder to find someone you instantly vibe with, we get stuck in the mentality that this person we're dating is the only person who can make us feel those strong feelings, which is completely false. There are billions of people in this world, so to think that there's only one person that you connect with is just silly. After every breakup, we wonder how we'll ever find someone new or someone better. 
And if we believe we can, we always do. So never think that you won't feel those intoxicating feelings again, because you will, and hopefully with someone who isn't problematic, who's not like, I need you barefoot and pregnant, lady. Right. Quit that job. Right. <laughs> and you know what, too? Like, you may not feel exactly that same thing again. Like, it's it's difficult. It's impossible to replicate what you felt for one person for another person. But mm-hmm. what hopefully you'll find is something that's even better suited to you. Right. You know, and and not like not knocking those connections because they can be really important in our lives. They can, you know, it's almost like that thing we talked about with the three loves you have, like that mm-hmm. second love, you right. know, is that one that sort of like knocks you off your feet that you're like, you feel, you know, just your your heart just feels like like tied to this right. other person in this way that, you know, is very intoxicating. But then later you realize that it's actually not very healthy to feel like that codependent emotional, mm-hmm. um, those feelings for someone right. else, you know, that it's in that and not being able to walk away when someone is literally abusing you because you feel connected to them is very dangerous. And it's mm-hmm. a sign, um, of a weak relationship, not a strong one. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's all great. And so I, I was thinking too about, you know, what happens. So yes, you have the connection, you meet someone, you feel that you feel it strongly. And then you're in this like, Kind of this like honeymoon phase for what, like three months? Yeah, I say kind three, of how long three to lasts. six months is the... Yeah. Yeah. I think that's when people start showing their true selves. And I think it's always funny when people are, are dating for like that three to six month period, because it's usually around six months where those problems start arising and people think to themselves, I don't understand like who he is anymore. He's changed. Like he's not like he used to be. It's like, no, he's just getting comfortable enough to be his true self and comfortable enough to treat you how he would have treated you from the jump. If he didn't think, you know, if he wasn't trying to be his best, the best version of himself. Exactly. 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 You're still meeting his representative. Not his, not his actual self. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> and that could be so confusing, though, when you have yeah. a good connection and then the other pieces don't fall in line. And especially, you know, the way our culture is around dating in this country, I think maybe everywhere. I don't know. I've never lived anywhere else. But right. it's like, you know, all this expectation around meeting someone, really wanting to find that connection and to, mm-hmm. to make a life with someone. And just the expectation that once you've made that connection, that boom, 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 these other things are going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah, like people give themselves like, you know, one year, two years to be engaged. And it's like sometimes after one year, that's when you're just really getting into who the person truly is. You know, that's when you are facing like I feel like until you've gone through some sort of struggle with a person, someone loses a job or someone goes through something that that takes them not out of character, but how they deal with. Have you never seen how they deal with difficult situations in their life? And it's hard to commit. But I think that we have this, like you said, in our culture, this rush to like, oh, we feel this connection. It's been a year. Time to start thinking about marriage or it's been two years, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And, And I think like a big piece of that, you know, in a lot of ways is about transparency with like things like finances you know Mm -hmm. if it's been a year or two and you've never seen the balance on somebody's bank account like maybe you're not close enough to get married yet you know like yeah so some of you can even talk about it right exactly and some of those things can can kind of get masked and I think one thing we end up doing is really telling ourselves a story about how we're going to like get around this problem so you know like I, I had an example from my own life of when I just 
when I graduated high school and I went off to college, I started dating um, this guy that I really, I really loved. And I, there were so many great things about him. We had a lot, you know, a lot in common and we had a lot to, that connected us. And I certainly felt a super strong connection with him, but he wasn't, at the end of the day, I realized, you know, once I came up out of the like haze, the fog, yeah, yeah, that we weren't really having like intellectual conversations, that his interests didn't match mine. And, you know, I'm like a whatever, 18 year old going off to college and I'm in this like liberal arts school and I'm learning all of these things, you know, and, and having these like whatever, quote unquote, deep conversations. And I wanted to bring that back and talk to him about it. And I just really super wasn't able to do that. And what I told myself was like, well, everything else is there between us. We have so much going on. I'm just like, why does he need to, you know, service every single part of my life? And I sort of Mm -hmm. like had taken that advice from somewhere. It was like, you know, one person can't be everything you need. And I was like, okay, so he'll just be my boyfriend and we'll be together and we'll have the romantic stuff and everything. And then I'll get this, you know, intellectual side or I'll just have deep conversations with someone else with other people exactly (laughs) but you see where this goes I mean over time less conversations with him more conversations with other people and we started to just drift apart so even though I told myself this story of like I can fill this hole you know that this person has with something else like obviously that was gonna be a deal breaker for me at the end of the day and I just didn't know that because I was like 19 years old yeah um So, but you know how at the end is going to start digging at you. Like you'll feel it. You'll say, this isn't right. This isn't right. right. This isn't right. It'll keep occurring to you that it's not right. And you can Mm -hmm. push that voice down many, many, many times. But how long can you do that? And I think that the way that the the universe or God, whatever your belief is, I think the way that the, it's set up is that the things that you need to pay attention to, it will present itself over and over and over again like the things that you're trying to ignore about a relationship or about your life that are things that you need to fix they will keep showing up over and over and over again until you do something about it so like Becca said you can try to kind of dance around it and be like oh well you know we have a great connection but like you know we can just use yours but our conversations aren't deep you know that'll just keep coming up again and again and again until you're like I can't do it ultimately you're going to be like this doesn't satisfy me mm-hmm. you know like this is actually something I'm going to need from a primary partner no I don't need everything from a primary partner but I need this right I need to be able to talk to someone about what's going on in the world or big ideas you know yeah. I need them to be able to grasp that um you know but some people have this charade going on for years yeah. <laughs> they just keep pushing it down you know it's and sometimes true. Sometimes the connection is strong enough to support that, you know, like sometimes the connection is so deep that you just, it doesn't matter whatever else happens. You keep like, you know, you see this in in movies all the time, but you have friends too. I'm sure that keep going back. You dig your heels in almost. Yeah. It's like you almost, you feel that instant connection and you feel like this strong connection. But then when these issues start popping up, I kind of think about my abusive relationship, like the he wasn't abusive from the jump but he was like you know crazy controlling jealous and all those things I would kind of um ignore and any threats to our relationship I would kind of dig my heels in like no like anyone who was like you know your boyfriend's crazy I'd be like yeah but you don't know him and it would would almost make me defensive right of it and defensive of, of my choice to be with him so it made me even like connected even more but connected over like 
you know, my own pride about choosing the wrong person because you don't want to look like you're, you know, you made a wrong choice. Sure. And that, but that's like the mark of an abusive relationship too, that you become alienated from, you know, those who care about you and that you don't listen to what they have to say about your partnership anymore. Yeah. Um, it's like that thing in Brokeback Mountain. Remember that movie? I've never seen it. He said, I can't quit you. (laughs) You gotta see that. It's a good movie. They can't, but they do. They have the, the connection is so deep right. because of everything they've been through together that no matter how hard they try, they just can't, you can't know, they just it. cannot break apart. They just cannot break apart. So what are you going to do? How much are you willing to put up with to protect that original strong entanglement? And you feel like you can be tethered to someone that's not right for you. But I'm going to give you three little tips for how to break the cycle. If you are thinking, if you're with someone, it hasn't been that long. It's been that three to six months. You feel that strong connection, but you're, this is bugging you. This is three ways that you can think yourself out of this problem. So number one, think of your eventual, eventual partnership as a business partnership, as well as a romantic one. So Mm -hmm. if you find yourself thinking like, if I propose this to you and say, would you buy a building or open a business with this person and your immediate thought is like hell no yeah because they're disorganized and they're you know they don't have their money together and they're, they're not responsible kind of volatile yeah. yeah all that stuff then this is probably not going to be a viable partnership because a lot of times when we're single and we're looking for that connection and looking for that romance that's all we're really looking for and we just assume that that'll bring us into this future where everything's hunky-dory right however That is not the case. Um, As you know, and I know well at this point, you know, at 10 years of being with someone and marriage and kids and house and all that stuff, your relationship like 80% of the time is going to be like running a small business. It's going to be making financial decisions, deciding what to do with your money, deciding what to buy. Yeah. Yeah, All of that stuff, you know, and, and that stuff is not very sexy, but doing it with someone that has the same values as you um, and agrees with you from the onset makes it easier and then Mm -hmm. it also gives you that 20% where you can still really find the romance because things are foundationally good right um that's so true because my parents have been together over 40 years married over 40 years and they always have approached their marriage as a business relationship of course they love each other and romance and all that good stuff they go on trips and whatever um (laughs) but they you know the running of a household is like running a business and if that's your ultimate goal is to have a partnership with someone where you're living together and you have similar goals and everything like that then you do have to be a lot more practical about it than just like oh he makes me feel good you know Right. Or it's like the CEO and the COO, you know, like you have to think about your roles in this mm-hmm. business, too. Like not everyone's good at the same things. If everyone's trying to do the same jobs all the time, it, it nothing's going to get done. So, right. you know, you're going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm comfortable in, in what I've agreed to do. You're comfortable. I trust you. You have autonomy, like all of these things, you know, that make a business run really successfully are the same things that are going to contribute to a healthy partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, follow your gut. We sort of yeah. talked about this already, but, you know, when I check in with people who have gotten out of serious relationships after any amount of time, they usually admit that they knew early on something wasn't right and they stuck with it. Yep. Your body will tell you, yep. you know, just those and early like, red flags. Yeah. I mean, you just know, you just know and you say it and you tell people and then you stick, you stick with it anyway. And then, you know, eventually when you finally get out of it and you break the spell or whatever that takes, you know, you move or you, ha- you know, sometimes it, yeah. it's meeting someone else and having an affair or whatever, whatever it is that snaps you out of it. Then you say, 
you know what? From the very onset, I knew it wasn't going to work. <laughs> it just makes me think about this relationship I was in. And I knew in my gut that it was like not a good relationship. But I kept asking God for a sign. And I'd be like, <laughs> send me a sign. Send me a sign that this isn't good. And I think that anytime you're asking, anytime you're asking other people outside of yourself or asking God to send you a sign, I think that's an indication that somewhere you already know that it's wrong and you're right. actually waiting for someone to to tell you it's right so you can continue with your nonsense. Right. But it's yes. wrong. And I, I distinctly remember a time where I was like, God, send me a sign that he's like the wrong person or the right person. And literally we were at like a gas station and I was in the car and he got back in the car and he started like the dumbest argument with me for no reason out of nowhere. Right. And I was still like, God, why haven't you sent me a sign? Right. Exactly. What more do you need? Exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. And similarly, like I've never had a bad feeling about Emil. Right. You know, like I know some people might be listening and thinking like, That's crazy, but it's really true. Like, yeah, of course we get mad at each other, you know, things get weird sometimes like it's it's relationships aren't you know always coming up daisies all the time you right. know but at the same time like I've never I've never felt that like uncomfortable like this isn't right I shouldn't be doing this you that know like on my wedding your like the day before my wedding I slept like a log you know I yeah. felt totally good about it you know that's fine yeah. and then number three is just seek guidance so you know, don't be afraid to talk candidly with friends a therapist or your family members about your concerns you know sometimes they may see something in your relationship that you can't because the connection can blind you. Right. And listen to them. Listen to them when they tell you. Yeah. Yes, I know. <laughs> That's the hardest part is if you're you know, going to solicit advice, then you have to listen. But, you know, I had a bad ex that like everyone I knew was just totally perplexed mm -hmm. by what I saw in this person, you know, and was telling me all the time. Like, yeah. this is a bad match and right. this guy's an asshole and he treats you like shit. Yeah. And like, what are you doing? But the connection was very, very strong. And I, I just felt like if they could give it more time, they would see, see what, what I saw. saw. Right. Yeah. Which is really weird. Um, well, I mean, these, you know, people outside of a relationship, they don't have, they don't have that connection. So they don't, no. they're just looking at facts, black and white, like, oh, like he stands you up. You, you're crying all the time. Right. Uh, he's, he's unreliable. You know, he called you a bitch last Thursday. Like he hung up on you when you were trying to tell him about something and you're like, what? No, but no, you don't understand. Right. No, you don't understand. He, you don't understand you don't, how you I don't feel. You know him like I know him. I feel something. <laughs> yeah. You'll never understand. And they won't. They don't know what you feel. They don't know what that connection's about. But it doesn't, I mean, ultimately what we're saying here is like connection is great all day long. Love it. But if other things don't fall in line, if it's bad, like pretty much anything else, the connection doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Connection it's does not, not gonna negate. not going to get you through. Yeah. Connection does not negate behavior. I think that's. No. That's the bottom line. Like you're the good connection, those intoxicating feelings you have cannot make you overlook bad behavior. No, no. So anyway, that's that. I mean, I think <sighs> the connections are good. Connections are, are great. And it's wonderful to have many of them over your life. But at the same time, you know, you got to be careful with that. It's like a drug. For Put real. down the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, we do have a little homework, but it's a burp, 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 holiday cheer alert. 
Holiday cheer. Oh, yeah. Why not? It's December. It's almost Christmas. I love it. Yeah. Um, Go out of your way to thank someone in your life who you had an immediate connection to and who has made a positive impact on you as a human. So I think it's probably more like a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Or even if it was like, um, well, I was going to say even if it was like an ex, if you're still on good terms. Sure. Why not? But that might open up around the holidays. If you're both single, that might open up a can of worms. Hey, maybe it'll be a good can of worms. Just I'm saying just pay homage to the connection gods. That force that be in the world that sends us toward each other, barreling at rapid speed, whether or not it turns out well for us. It's a it's a beautiful thing. So let's uh, tip our hats to that. Celebrate. Celebrate connections this holiday season, guys. That's what it's all about. That's all we have. This has been Carolyn and Becca saying there is something more and you are not out of time, girl or boy, man, woman, child. Kicking the panties. Happy holidays.